the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In him we live, move, and have our being, so said the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. He might have been recalling that moment in time when he penned the book to the church at Rome. We'll explore that next. Join us. In him we live, move, and have our being. That is an amazing statement, isn't it? Much to consider. Here in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, the Apostle Paul, probably hearkening back to that statement, relays to us the fact that we are spiritual and we are indwelt by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, living, moving, having our being. Join us as we explore this amazing passage together, won't you? From Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's Abounding Grace. You know, an interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is that Jesus said he doesn't bear witness to himself. Holy Spirit does not bear witness to himself. He bears witness to me. That's why we can't call ourselves Church of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not there as the independent entity saying, I'm really the true God here. So let me bring you all of these utterances and graces and fullness. Know the Holy Spirit's job that he with the Father and the Son have agreed in the economy of redemption is to testify to Christ and to bear witness to him in our lives and to lead us to believe on the name of the Son of God and turn from our sins and walk in obedience to him. So be encouraged. I know when we talk of repentance and even believing in Jesus, is deep waters. But remember why we want to swim those waters. First of all, remember, we can't swim them. The Holy Spirit carries us across if we believe in the Lord Jesus. But two, the reasons as Christians we continue to want to deal with these things is because we don't want to peeve the source of our joy. We don't want to push away the one who strengthens us. We don't want to lose a warm heart for the Lord Jesus Christ by careless, habitual, cold-hearted sinning. So that is why, as Asaph said in Psalm 73, I vex my soul every morning. I know the wicked don't. They get up and turn on the sports center or maybe CNN. They get up and go down to Starbucks to check the latest celebrity gossip. I know, Asaph said. I don't do any of that. I get up early enough so I can go and examine my heart before the Lord. But the reason I do that is because I want joy. I want to have fellowship with my God. 
I want to know the Lord Jesus better and the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. I want to know the Lord Christ who saved me. Now notice here in verse 10. So we don't get into any kind of perfectionist leanings, which I don't think there's any danger of that in the, this uh, honest section. But you never can tell. Paul says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But please listen closely. We've got this tension that there is no way we are going to escape. On the one hand, Christ is in us and we are alive by the Holy Spirit. But on the other hand, the body is dead. It's the physical body. It's an instrument of sin. Your body is dying, and there is not a thing you can do about it. You may try to prolong your life by eating right and exercising, but there's nothing you can really do about it. The body is dead. Now, the body is not the source of sin, but it is the instrument that we are most conscious of carrying out the deeds of the heart, the hands, the words, the actions that we take, our immorality, whatever it may be. So we've got this tension. On the one hand, we are righteous in Christ, but on the other hand, O wretched man that I am. On one hand, we have the Holy Spirit, but on the other hand, we are dead. And there is no getting around this. There is no pretending it's not there. In fact, God is pleased as long as we live in this flesh, for us to feel this tension. Why? So that the power and the glory will be of Him and not of us. So that we will feel our weakness. If the Lord Jesus in the days of His flesh had to learn to cry out to the Father, do you think we're going to be any different or any better than He was? This is the path of the cross to learn obedience through suffering. David in Psalm 119.57 said, It's good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn the law. Verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have learned thy judgments. So the Lord helps us to feel our weakness so that we keep on crying out so that the testimony at the end of our lives is not, I did it my way. I overcame because of my indomitable spirit, because of my strength of will. No, it is so our testimony will be Jesus saves sinners and he preserves the weak, wayward sinners. And that is my testimony that the power and the glory is not of me. It wasn't my intelligence. It wasn't who I associated with. It wasn't the guru that I picked up on the internet. It wasn't the doctrinal tradition that I was a part of. You may not realize it, but there's not going to be a Reformed Presbyterian line in heaven. It was because Almighty God saved me, and having set his hand to save me, he preserves me by his omnipotence and by his faithfulness. But we have something in verse 10 to also encourage us. Even though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is what? The spirit is alive because of righteousness. 
Now, I think there's something glorious here. Not only the contrast with our death, but also we have life now. Now, I realize this is not a Disneyland life we live. I realize this is not your best life now. But let me tell you something. When you get to heaven one day and you stand before God and you look back over your life and you remember those moments when you got on your face before Almighty God and you confessed your sins and pled the blood of Christ, you're going to look back on that and see that was a golden nugget from the streets of heaven deposited into my soul by the Holy Spirit, which if it wasn't so, I would not be here. All the guidelines of the modern church, that's my life. The giddiness, I'm sorry, of the modern church, that is not life. Any unbeliever can generate that kind of enthusiasm at a rock concert or in their sports orgies of various kinds. That is not life. Life, verse 10, is because of Christ's righteousness in us. Now notice this glorious contrast. We feel our death, 7, 24. We feel our wretchedness. Early in chapter 7, Paul said, No good thing dwells in me. No good thing dwells in me. But on the other hand, there is the Holy Spirit of God. We have become His dwelling place. And this Holy Spirit works on account of and through righteousness to bring life to us right now. So granted, we have this treasure in broken pots. Christians are nothing to admire in the eyes of the world. We don't have anything glamorous. We don't have anything that would mark us out as something noble and worthwhile at this point. Like our Savior, we live in ignominy, reproach, ridicule, and despise. But we have life. How do you know if you have life? Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is Jesus, his name, precious to you beyond, beyond life itself? Do you look to his blood, his righteousness as your cleansing, your satisfaction for your sins? And in light of what he has done, do you hate the sins that you still see in your life? Are you groaning over them? Do you hate them? Do you feel with Paul, I'm a wretched man, and yet I know whom I have believed? And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him against that day. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. This is not an experience you can generate. The Holy Spirit generates that. And that is holy ground for him to take us dead, hard-hearted, cold sinners and give us new life. So that there is a believing of God's word in the place of death in the garden and the death in our life. And so there is real hope in the Lord Jesus. This is life. To have life is to believe in the Lord Jesus. To trust in him. That is what he said in John 7, 7, 17, 3. Do you want to know what life is? Do you want to know what heaven is? It might be some secret cabal of mystery. No, that's ridiculous. What is life? To know me, 
the one true God in Jesus Christ to whom you have sinned. The Holy Spirit gives us that life and we need to tremble before him. Do you know why so much of worship today has to be giddy, has to do something to excite the masses? Because we're not excited about life anymore. We're not excited by the gospel we have been Arminian so long that we just assume that, well, if we believe it, I did it. I exercised my free will. Of course, I believe the gospel, but the gospel loses its glory. It loses its power upon our affections. It is no longer impresses us as miraculous. No, no, no. If you believe the gospel, it is because a sovereign God took you in your darkness and he brought you to faith and to repentance. No other way. You didn't bring yourself one step towards salvation. Dead men don't take steps. You were dead in your sins, and he made you alive by his omnipotence. That as we meditate upon his power, the power of the triune God in our salvation, that is the source of Christian energy. That is the source of Christian joy. That is the source of Christian motivation to deal with the problems in my home. Not, well, I'm not matching up to what all those books have been telling me. Forget those books. There's no motivation in the books. Oh, books are great. I love books. But there's no motivation in them. Where does motivation come from to live as God has called us to live? God has made me alive by His Spirit and united me to Christ. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift of eternal life through His Son. And then you don't need to be entertained when you come to worship God. In fact, entertainment is the last thing you should want. Because God didn't come into this world in, 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 to work in our souls through a lot of noise. Remember Elijah? Here, here's an earthquake. Oh, God's not here. Here's a storm. Oh, God's not here. It is a still, small voice. The speaking voice of God that raises dead men to new life in Christ. That is where God is, where his word is preached. That is where the Holy Spirit is. We don't need noise. We don't need distractions. We don't want a sight and sound show. We've already been there through the Middle Ages and seen what that has given us. It gives us nothing but weakness, false doctrine, and distraction. We don't want that. We want to hear Christ and Him crucified and Him raised and Him filling us by His Holy Spirit and working in us the fruits of righteousness that come only through Him. Now the Spirit... And we're almost ready to close. Verse 11 is going to do something else. And this is wonderful to consider. The spirit raised up Jesus from the dead so that one day, and notice here, verse 11 is very careful to add mortal bodies. One day the Holy Spirit is going to raise this mortal body. And mortal is added to stress. It will be the same body that you lived in on this earth, died in. Now it will be glorified and it will be perfected. The vestiges of sin will be removed, but I'll still know Catalina 
and I'll know Don, and I'll know Matt. And by God's grace, they'll know me. In other words, we will be recognizable. Now, what is the, the point of verse 11? Right now, we struggle. Right now, we deal and live in the body of this death. But there is coming a day when the same spirit, whom we already have as a down payment, we already see his footsteps in our lives. If we believe the gospel and are repenting of our sins and striving after holiness, we know he's there. If those things are in our lives because we cannot produce those things on our own, the spirit does. And that same spirit, that same spirit which our Savior was filled, John 3.34, God does not give the spirit by measure to him. In other words... He doesn't give any more to him than he gives to us. That same spirit that was in our Savior raised him from the dead on that glorious morning and is going to raise us, our mortal bodies, from the dead so that our vile bodies will be made like unto his glorious body, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's interesting. Paul, in verse 11, uses the verb raised which is in the first part of the verse. But in the second part of the verse, the verb is quickened, which is a rough translation of enlivened. The Holy Spirit is going to breathe new, eternal, unending, powerful, beautiful, glorious life into our physical bodies so that we can serve God forever. And we need to hear this because if we are honest with ourselves, the battle against sin sometimes just weighs us down a bit much. We have them in our marriages. We have them in our families. We have them in our broader culture, and it's easy to become distracted and discouraged and just basically say, hey, that's, that's what's the point of even trying any longer. But you see, we know our labors are not in vain in the Lord, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Because there is a continuity between now and then. And the continuity is the Holy Spirit. There is continuity between our struggle now and our glory later. There is continuity between our waiting and the realization that this coming is in the future when the trumpet blows and the dead in Christ rise. There is continuity between our diligence now and our joy later. You see, these are lessons the Holy Spirit is teaching us. There is a continuity even between our weakness now and the glory that is to come. In other words, these are not just my private little battles of no significance. These are working uh, an eternal weight of glory as we seek the Lord and walk in obedience to Him and desire Him ever with an eye on the bridegroom is coming. I have to confess, I think that that faith is totally lost today in most of the church and probably in some ways here as well. That the thought of the bridegroom is coming does not exert a controlling influence on the heart and the lives of professing Christians. But boy, you read the fathers, church fathers, and you see it did in them. You read the reformers and you see it did in them. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does when he unites us to Jesus. He makes us want the bridegroom. Remember the spirit of the bride says, come. 
Because the Spirit knows the day that's coming and He knows when He's going to raise our bodies from the dead so that the whole beautified, glorified, resurrected church of God most high will be united with the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and He knows that day is coming. And He wants it. He's laboring for it. And he puts that same hope in all of those within whom he dwells. And so we cry, Lord Jesus, please come quickly. We shouldn't hold on to this life as if it were everything, beloved. We shouldn't want to live forever. Do you want to live forever in the body of that death? If so, my friend, you are insane. I do not want to live forever. I want to be joined with my Savior who loves me and gave himself up for me and will raise this filth, sin-defiled body and make it like his, his glorious body. Obviously, a lot of men today, they struggle with sexual temptation. And I don't think that's just because men are any more filthier than they ever have been. I think it is because Satan is a lot more brazen than he has been in the past. And things are a lot more open and accessible guilt <clears throat> and men labor under the weakness of having two traitorous guards our eyes that are very willing to let sin in the front door so if you're tempted in this area and these thoughts are coming up how do you overcome at this time well you know my wife she already knows I struggle with this and she may yell at me for a, a while but I just dismiss her because I'm used to it. I have to live with myself. And I'll feel guilty, but I've got a lot of guilt in my life. And after a while, you just learn to live with your failures. It's no big deal. But you know, everything takes completely different complexion when you know that the husband, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming. And you will stand before him. And since my life is nothing but a preparation for the life to come, then I need to resist sin. Not out of guilt, not because of what my wife thinks. Do you think if you make it to heaven, men, that every time you see who was your wife, you're just going to think and say, I know you didn't think I should, you, I know you don't think I should be here, but here I am. Do you really think you're going to care what your wife thinks? We are not good to please our wives. We are good to please our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves us and gave himself for us. Now, I could give 10 sermons on all the ways how to apply this, but think often. The Lamb of God is coming. He is coming for his bride. And when I stand before him, I do not want to be in that crowd that cries out, rocks fall upon me, ground please open up and hide me from the wrath of the Lamb. I want to be on the side of those who, yes, they struggle with sin. Yes, they have dealt with this body of death. But the Holy Spirit was there, and he worked faith and repentance and a desire for Christ and then all the struggles will be well worth it when we see his face for one second. What you think about the future will determine how you live in the present. 
And if you think about my Savior's coming, and you want to please him, and he has put his talents in your life, he has put gifts, even more, he put his own precious life in your hand by dying on the cross. I am not going to live any longer for myself. I'm going to live for him who loves me and gave himself for me. Rejoice. Those desires did not spring from a carnal man's mind. They spring from the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord Jesus Christ gives to all whom he draws to himself. What a privilege that we are God's temple, God's dwelling place. Do we treat each other like that? How about respect in our homes? The world doesn't have anything to offer us, does it? Nothing. We look for a city with his, which has a foundation in Christ and his apostles. We look for the one to come. So, beloved, keep looking to the Lamb of God and asking him for grace and strength so you might live to please him and honor him all the days of your life. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.